Hey, it's great to be with you. Uh, my name is Roy Crown, part of the church. You may have seen me in the Wellbeing series, uh, covering one of the issues around money. And uh, that was such an amazing series, and it's gone extremely well. So I trust that your small group enjoyed it, and I pray that your well-being has improved as a result of it. But we're now looking at probably the most historical event in history as we move in to this Easter. And it's not just historic, it's a reality for you today. It's a reality that you can experience because he is alive and present with us. But on this Sunday, Palm Sunday, we're all in our homes, but on that occasion, Jesus was put on a donkey. The reason there was a donkey is if you sat on a horse, it was a symbol of war and going to war. But sitting on a donkey was a sense of peace. And the king of peace, the prince of peace, was riding on a donkey into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And people had to celebrate. They had to worship because they believed the saviour, the king of the world, was coming in on that occasion. So as we step into this Holy Week, let's just reference this Jesus. And whether you've experienced him or not, I'm really pleased that you're with us this morning. And in whatever setting, whether you're sitting at home drinking coffee, whatever your setting, my prayer is that this will be a moment where you will encounter this risen Jesus and understand something of the gospel. This has been an amazing year. This week, we actually recognised a day of reflection on the 23rd, a year of lockdown. And I don't know how you felt when that happened. A lot of emotions. Some people have lost loved ones. But for every one of us during this year, our lives have completely changed. But what you need to understand is during this year, there's been an unprecedented opportunity as people have looked for hope, as people have tried to understand all this confusion and what is going on. There's been a massive increase in people connecting online with the Church of Jesus Christ. And there's been a massive increase. Just look at Alpha, that, that Nicky Gumbel said he would never take online. It was always around food and, and you'd enjoy the food and, and fellowship together around tables and then look at the videos. He put it online and the reach as far outweighed any other Alpha that has ever been done. Because people can sit and they can watch the videos and then engage on Zoom or online. And the stories, I heard of one story of a vicar who decided to take the risk and just run an alpha course. And he was just on, I think, week four. And he was talking to one of the participants. They had a little bit of time just before the evening. Other people joined and he just said, how was your weekend? And the guy said, it was amazing. He said, why? What was amazing? He said, I became a Christian. He said, really? He said, yeah. Where did you go? Did you go to church? He said, I went to your church. And, and you said, if anyone here 
didn't know Jesus and wanted to have a personal relationship. He said, so I did. And he said, it's impacted my life. That's what's happened during this year. And if you've never experienced that, then this morning, Jesus is inviting you into that relationship. And Easter is what makes all that possible. But this is a gospel for the whole world. I was asked to speak on the cosmic impact of this gospel, which is Jesus's life, death and resurrection. And I just want to unpack that a little bit. The passage I was given was Acts chapter eight, where we actually look at the first Gentile, someone out of the Jewish tradition, out of the nation of Israel, that encountered Christ, an Ethiopian eunuch, probably an African. And it's into this context that we're going to pick up the story. And it's an amazing story because what it shows is how if you're a follower of Jesus, you can hook your life up to the story of God and bring about the most amazing transformation that can ever happen. You see, you can engage in telling this good news story. You and I are the champions of that. We may be missing meeting together as a church. Paul referenced China last week and the impact on China. Do you know China? In 1949, there were probably a million Christians. Now there's they don't know. There are millions, but they've never gathered as a church. They can't gather as a church, but it's all small group. It's all one on one conversations. And let me tell you, the impact of the gospel is always out of relationship, moving into proximity. And we've been socially distanced, but we've been digitally more connected than we've ever been. There's WhatsApp groups on streets. I was talking to a lady just this week who decided that she was going to set up a WhatsApp group in her cul-de-sac. And they started doing things on WhatsApp. They did a quiz virtually. Then they distributed things. And then they just met in the street, socially distanced. And they started to ask her about her faith. And as they started to ask her about the faith, she had an opportunity to tell her story. You see, what happened in Acts 8 is the only way we're going to change the world in 2008, in 2021, because it's the way life works. So let's pick up the story. In Acts 8, we read this about Philip. Philip the evangelist. Philip was actually appointed as a deacon, but he was full of the spirit and he was actually commissioned to deal with the widows and orphans because there was a criticism going on in Acts 6. So he was appointed, became an evangelist. And you may think, well, I'm not an evangelist, Roy. You think us evangelists, we're extroverts. You're a certain type. You always find it easy to communicate Jesus' love, death and resurrection. No, but you still need to take a step of faith. 
You're always fearful of rejection. You're always uncertain as to what the outcome. There's no escape from that. But then God tends to do something amazing with the evangelist. But all of us are part of this. So Philip, this is what we read. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the, de- the, de- the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem and Gaza. So he started out and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch. That is mentioned five times in this little passage. And you need to understand he was an official in charge of the treasury uh, queen of Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship and on his way home was sitting in the chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near to it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. First thing I want to say is that when you have the courage to send a WhatsApp message to a friend or maybe on Facebook or maybe tweet, you're actually given the potential of God to use that by his spirit as a divine appointment. You see, the way God has always worked is when people are sent. If you look back into the Gospels, Jesus sent out the 70. They were nervous, they were scared, they were frightened, they weren't sure what the outcome was going to be, but he sent them out. And he sent them out because he knew that the way you understand this Gospel is through an individual follower of Jesus. It's the primary way that this message is understood because you have an experience of the spirit. You have an experience of forgiveness. You have experience of new life. That story connects with other people. So Philip comes out of a revival situation to have a conversation with one individual. And in that conversation, we often realise that the poor, the needy, the orphans, God has a special place in their heart. But God also has a special place for everyone. It's clearly this Ethiopian was very wealthy. He owned his own chariot. To own the prophet scroll of Isaiah, you need a lot of money to access that. He was very wealthy. And because of the position he had, that's why he was a eunuch. That was often what would happen in those settings. And he's religious. He's a worshipper. And he's coming back from worship. Maybe you've been in a worship experience, but you see other people experiencing something of the spirit. But you never have. You've been in a worship experience you've been with a body of people maybe you've seen something online but it's not happened for you and you're thinking how do I get that divine encounter well God will send you maybe it's me this morning or this evening or whenever you're watching this but God will send you someone that's a follower 
and they'll ask the question. And as he comes alongside the chariot, he hears what the Ethiopian is reading. And he realised that God has sent him to this person for such a time as this. See, until you send, until you go, you don't know what's happening in people's lives. You don't know what they're struggling with. You don't know what they're thinking about. You don't know what they're reading. But until you go, and then as you go, you discover things and you think, this person is ripe to discover hope and the presence of Jesus. This person is who I've been sent to, to pray for, to connect with. I was talking to somebody in Switzerland this week uh, as part of a global thing. There was uh, 25 people, Brazil, whole nations of the world. And this guy in Switzerland told me a story of a friend that he'd heard who got a connection in Iran. And this Iranian had watched the Jesus film. He didn't fully understand it, but he'd watched the Jesus film. And that Jesus film has been translated. It's around the world. It's global. It's everywhere. And this Iranian had watched the film, but he worked on a train. And as he was working on the train on this particular occasion, with the film still in his mind, he looked at the amount of croissants that he had on his trolley. And he thought, I've not got enough croissants for all these people that are probably going to buy and purchase from me. So he prayed because he, what he'd seen in the Jesus film of bread being multiplied. And when he got to the end of the carriages, he discovered that he had a few croissants left and everybody had received a croissant. He'd prayed previous. He was religious, but he'd never encountered the saviour of the world who's called Jesus. And at the end, when he got to the carriage, he prayed to it, accept Jesus Christ and became a Christian. And his life has changed, let me tell you, completely changed. So have you had that divine encounter? But then there's a process. So Philip sent, he's running alongside the chariot. I'm not sure how that's working. Then he hears what's being read. And let me tell you what is being read is from the book of Isaiah, which right fits in with this particular story. And this is what he read, he hears being read. Philip ran up to the chariot, heard what was being read. Do you understand what you have read, Philip asked? How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture that the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is the prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with the very passage of scripture and told him the good news of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. People don't fully understand the word of God. And they need it explaining. And we need to sit alongside people. That's why Alpha is so amazing. Christianity Explored. It, it's in conversation. Doing just, do you want to read the Bible together with a friend? You'd be surprised. We produced this, which was a little book 
that's just Mark's gospel in a contemporary way. And students sat down with many, many students when they could last year and said, would you love to read the Bible? And let me tell you the interest around the Bible during COVID, sales of the Bible have gone up. Why? Because people are interested. And he said, sit down, explain it to me. There are people in your street, maybe in your home, that will have to understand the Bible because it talks of Jesus and the good news of Jesus. And the passage he was reading is all about what the prophet in Isaiah, hundreds of years before, had predicted and prophesied that a lamb would be slaughtered for you and me. And understanding the cross, do you get it? Do you understand as we step into this holy week, when Jesus prayed, why there was anguish, why there was emotion? Because he understood the impact. He understood that as a lamb going to slaughter, when people jeered at him and mocked him and laughed at him, And then punched him upwards according to the scripture and said, who hit you that time? Tell us, you you claim to be king, you claim to be a prophet, but the passage said, like a lamb led to slaughter, he didn't open his mouth. Then they pulled chunks of his beard out. Why is all that graphic detail found in Isaiah? Because you cannot worship God without your emotions being stirred. And the saviour of the world who comes in on this Palm Sunday and they celebrate a week on is led like a lamb to be slaughtered. Why? Because he loves you so much. He loves a broken world. And what we need to do is allow engagement in God's word. We need to engage with it. So there's a divine encounter But then there's engagement, there's discussion, there's sitting on the chariot. He's going through the scriptures and explaining, this is what your human heart is like. You're separated from God. This is what God did in stepping into our world. This is why Jesus came. He laid down his life. This is the gospel. And it's for everyone. It's for you. It's for me. It's for the religious, the non-religious. The orphan, the rich, the politician, everyone is invited. So he engaged with the text and he used all of it. But the final thing is that there was a divine encounter. Philip was used to come alongside the Ethiopian eunuch. Who's God going to use you to come alongside this week? Secondly... He engaged the truth of God's word. But the final thing that happened was there was an experience. Because as they're traveling, it says in the scripture, as they're traveling, they traveled along, they came up some water and the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptised him. It's really interesting if you look at the scripture. Between 36 and 38, 37 is not there. 
because some manuscripts don't have that. But in 37, it says that there Philip said to the eunuch, if you believe with all your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead and Jesus is the Son of God, you will believe and be baptised. You see, once you've encountered, then you've engaged, you've got to do something. You see, it takes a step of faith. It takes you and I, with all of our questions, with all of our doubts, with all of our fears, actually saying, I'm going to pray. And then not just pray, maybe as a mark of you're a follower of Jesus, be baptised. Actually, through baptism, you're actually laying down your life with all its selfishness, pain, guilt, suffering and shame, coming up to a new life in resurrection power with the Lord Jesus Christ. So this Ethiopian stops the chariot. He says, let's go down. What's to stop us now? Let me tell you something. There's nothing to stop you now meeting the risen Lord Jesus. But some of us, when we're like Philip and we've been sent and we've gone and we've engaged with the Bible, we miss the final piece, which is to offer the invitation. Do you want to give your life to Christ? Do you want to be baptised? Because then the fear is, what if they reject me? What if they turn aside? What? Oh, no. Listen, this gospel demands a response. And when you make that decision, it's the best decision you could ever make. This Easter is the greatest decision you could ever make. So the Ethiopian said, let's go and be baptised. And he goes down into the water. How they found water in the desert, I don't know. That seems to have been a miracle. And then Philip baptised him and then he goes. You see, this gospel is multiplying all around the world. This gospel is because there have been literally thousands and thousands of people that their life has been transformed and they've been sent. And once they've been sent, they've just come alongside people, maybe gave them some food, maybe connected into their life, discovered something about their life and discovered this Jesus can meet them right where they are. Then they've engaged with them in understanding the good news. They've understood that there's shame in their lives. There's guilt, there's pain, there's loss. But this Jesus can deal with all that. And then they've offered it. That's why the Christian faith is multiplying around the world. Because this message is not self-improvement. It's not get good. God knows you're not good and I'm not good. He sent a saviour, which is what we read, to deal with my sin and come and change my life. So today, in preparation for Easter 
as we step into this holy week, I'm going to give you two options. First of all, if you're a follower of this Jesus, I want you to know God is sending you this week. He's sending you to encounter someone. I don't know how you're going to do it, socially distance, maybe give a gift, maybe, I don't know, but he's sending you. Because God is a center God. He's a goer. And then when you go, explain what Holy Week's all about. But then don't finish. Say, do you want to experience this? Because you can. But maybe you are like the eunuch. You've sat in your chariot. You've got everything in your life. But there's a nagging thought, I haven't really got everything. There's an emptiness. The Bible says there's a void. And God's saying to you this morning, I'm here. I died for you. It's personal, it's real. Invite me in. I'm inviting you through him to invite him into your life. And then maybe to mark it, you should think about being baptised. You should think about being part of the sent group to change the world. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the opportunity of your word. Thank you for the way it speaks to us today. It is amazing. And I pray now in Jesus' name that this living word that I've spoken of would change homes, would change families, would change individuals because Jesus is still doing that today by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.